If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right. You are listening to the conservative, not bitter talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com, slash Todd Huff Show for those who want to listen or watch, I should say, the program live or on demand. Yes, as long as our good friends at Facebook allow that to be the case. You know, I know some of you this morning might have been... <laughs> might have been expecting all the math to be done from the Democrat primary Super Tuesday last night. Of course, we all knew better than that, so we still don't know exactly. St- delegates, as Bloomberg said I, and during his uh, pep rally, if, if that's what you want to call that, delegates are still being awarded, uh, calculated from last night's Super to yesterday's Super Tuesday Vote. We'll break that down. We'll look at what's going on. Um, lots to talk about, as you might, as you might imagine. But welcome to the program. Good to be here. Thank you for for joining us. So I want to talk first and foremost. First and foremost, it was a good night. We think. Again, we're still waiting to see where the delegates end up here. But it looks as though uh, Biden did well. But. You know, the media does a uh, a disservice here, surprisingly. They go to all this great extent to put a picture of the winner up of the state, right? They they sit there by their – they have their graphics created. They they have these graphics for each candidate, right? They've got a graphic of Biden winning Alabama and one of Bernie and probably one of Elizabeth Warren, even though they know statistically that's not possible. And they grab that graphic and they throw that – bad boy up there the second they think they can call that race. But the problem is that's not how these delegates are awarded. I'm looking at Fox right now. It says Biden's got 381 and Bernie's got 336. Now, that's a big night for Biden, but there's still a ton of delegates that are left to be awarded, counted, divvied up, all that kind of stuff. So we don't really know where this falls uh, exactly. And there's a fixation on saying that Biden wins Alabama, Biden wins Tennessee, Bernie wins California, Biden wins Texas. And that's not they're, – they're covering this as though it's winner take all. That's not how the Democrats assign their delegates, as Bloomberg said. I think we would be much better off in understanding that. And I don't think – I think there's a huge chunk of folks that just don't understand – 
appreciate, grasp, care about that, they want to say. Of course, this is the campaigns want to say this too. Biden up on stage. By the way, did you see Biden last night in his rally, his speech? He doesn't know the difference between his wife and his sister. I don't know if you caught that. True story. They switched sides, I guess. I guess. I didn't even see that happen. They at least switched sides in Biden's mind. And so he's calling his wife his sister and all this kind of stuff. He also, from the stage last night, my wife and I saw this, promises to cure cancer again. Yes, he promised to cure cancer if he wins the nomination, to which my wife looks at me and says, is he waiting to cure cancer if he wins? And I said, yes, he is. He's not He's not going to give away the secret sauce here unless he wins presidency, the, the presidency. That is, that is one of the reasons you should vote for Joe Biden, I guess, is because he's going to cure cancer. Not just cancer. He listed other things as well. I think he listed uh, maybe Alzheimer's. There were two or three things he's going to cure. I don't know if these are new things. I don't know if the momentum from Super Tuesday is, is strong enough to carry him into more diseases that he can cure. I'm not exactly sure, but I do know he's up there touting that, touting how he's going to cure diseases, uh, even though he doesn't know which person is his wife and sister on stage last night. And by the way, let me say this as well. This is what collusion against a particular candidate, successful collusion against a candidate looks like. Let me say that again. If folks are interested in wondering, interested in knowing what it looks like for people to properly collude against a candidate, this is what it looks like. The Democrat Party has colluded against Bernie Sanders, and this is what successful collusion looks like. Now, we don't know exactly the count yet, and that's because the party uh, has mathematicians like Bernie in there who takes hours for simple tabulations and calculations. But we do know it was a good night for Biden, but yet it wasn't a terrible performance for Bernie. He didn't win these states, but look, the name of the game is not winning states. The name of the game is winning is winning delegates. Now, obviously, if you win a state, you're going to win more delegates. But with the proportional allocation of these delegates, it's not as clear-cut as one may think. And when you've got multiple candidates in the mix, and if these candidates have hit that 15% threshold in each, per, each state, they're going to get delegates. That's why Bloomberg's got – what is Bloomberg even if I don't – Bloomberg has some delegates so far. Elizabeth Warren got some – some delegates last night as well. Um, heck, Tulsi Gabbard. I think she got a delegate. You might have been thinking Tulsi Gabbard's out of the race by now. She is not. She's not out of the race yet. I mean, she is for all practical purposes. But we think we've had delegates won by multiple candidates last night. According now, there's 500 different calculations at this point. But Politico has it currently, Biden at 453, Bernie at 382, Warren's got 50, Bloomberg's got 44. Didn't Bloomberg spend a half a billion dollars or some such thing on on advertisers and so or advertising, and now he's gotten something like 44 delegates? Again, they're still calculating this. Tulsi Gabbard has one. So a good night for Biden, but again, no 
no, nobody who's on path, at least it doesn't appear to, no one is on path still to win the nomination. In fact, if you go to 538 this morning and you look at their calculations as to who is the front runner, who is the person who is most likely to win the nomination, the person most likely to win is still, even at this at this particular time, is still no one. Now, the odds of no one, <laughs> oh gosh, I love this. The odds of no one winning the nomination has dropped from 69% to 61%. And the odds of Biden winning have essentially doubled from, I think it was 14%, now it's 31%. Bernie's odds have now dropped to 8% according to 538. But the takeaway here is that we're still on a path, on a trajectory towards brokered convention. Now that, of course, can change, but it's still more likely than not that we'll have a brokered convention. And I want to maybe talk a little bit about that, uh, specifically how it relates to, um, compares to, I should say, uh, 2016, because we had the same general scenario back in 2016. The process was just different back then, and I, I want to talk about the differences between superdelegates in 2016 versus, they're not technically called superdelegates now, but for all intents and purposes, that's, that's what they still are, superdelegates, unpledged delegates in 2020. There's a difference. And if 2016 was structured the way that 2020 is structured, we would have had a brokered convention in 16 as well. It was slightly different. I want to talk about that. I feel like it's a relevant discussion, talking point here. So that's important. That's important. We're still on a path towards that. But the collusion so far has appeared to work. The collusion by insiders in the Democrat Party. The insiders um, who are going to pick anyone who's not named Bernie Sanders, they've coalesced, at least at this particular junction, around Joe Biden. That is now undeniable. That is now, uh, well, I mean, the, the, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. And so that's where they, they had success last night. Now, not enough success to prevent, at this point, a brokered convention. However... However, it's going to make their jobs a whole heck of a lot easier to pick Biden if he's ahead, if he's ahead in the votes by the time they go to a brokered convention versus if he is behind, which they still would have done. I'm telling you, this is the equivalent. The day yesterday, well, I should say Monday, between South Carolina and Super Tuesday, the party bosses the big money donors, the power brokers in the Democrat Party reached DEFCON 5 status. They knew that they were at a make-or-break moment. The phone started ringing. The meeting started taking place. Buttigieg, Edge, Klobuchar, they sat down with. They had a conversation with, you know, something like, you know, we will, you know, support you, help you, and whatever endeavor you decide to pursue after this presidential nomination after this this presidential run, but you've got to get out of the race. You've got to get out of the race. Um, you know you can, you know you can talk to us whenever you want to cash in your favor. 
if you want to be an ambassador for somewhere, you want to be part of the cabinet if we win the, the presidency, if you want to uh, run for something else and need an endorsement from Biden or you need uh, you need money from us, we'll help you with that. But you got to get out of the way. You got to get out of the way. You don't have a path to the presidency. We need to coalesce around Biden. So this is what we're going to do. This happened, again, after Super Tuesday before or I'm sorry, after South Carolina before Super Tuesday. This is uh, this is what we need you to do. They told Klobuchar and they told Biden. I don't think they told Steyer. I think Steyer did enough damage to himself up there backing that thing up. But they told the other two, and they said, we've got to coalesce. We've got to coalesce around, around Biden, or we're going to have a mess in 2020. We're going to have a socialist at the top of the ticket. We're going to have... People down ticket that are going to be facing extreme pressures, questions about why they are associated with a open socialist running for Congress in some rust belt state or some uh, some purple district where people are not open socialists. We're no longer talking about Nancy Pelosi being Speaker of the House and so forth. And so that's that's what happened. And this is what successful collusion looks like. See how you can trace it, you can you can articulate it, you can go point to point. You don't have to cite Pokemon Go ads. <laughs> you don't have to cite a secret team of Russians that are coming up with ad campaigns to trick people, which is just plum silliness. Absolute silliness we're dealing with in that regard. But this is what successful collusion looks like. Last night they pulled it off, even though they didn't walk away with enough delegates. They walked away with, it looks like, potentially more delegates than Bernie. Or at least they're, I mean, it's it's a different battle than folk thought, uh, folks thought it was going to be even, heck, even 72 hours ago. Biden outperformed, and it was because of the work of the party bosses because of the work of the big money donors, the power brokers of the Democrat Party, the assistance of Klobuchar and Buttigieg to dutifully oblige to their wishes and demands to keep the party safe of a Bernie nomination in 2020. The only question at this point, the only question at this point becomes what it, what are the Bernie voters going to do in 2020 in the general election? How are they going to respond to the actions taken by their party against their guy yet again, similar to what happened in 2016, which I'll talk about next segment? It's similar to that. So we'll break that down when we get back, but I've got to take a quick timeout. Quick timeout here. You're listening to the Home of Conservative, Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Are you, by the way, in the market for a new or used car here in central Indiana? Beautiful state of central Indiana. Are you looking for a new or used vehicle? Consider consider taking a look at Greg Hubler Chevrolet. Just a little south of Indianapolis in Canby on State Road 67, Kentucky Avenue. Wide variety uh, have been 
partnered uh, with this program, advertising on this program now for for some time and continuing to do that. So I ask that if you're looking for looking for a used car, new car, that you consider checking out Greg Hubler Chevrolet. Greg's a great guy, by the way, as well. They'll take good care of you, and be sure to tell them that that Todd sent you. So appreciate Greg and all of our advertisers who make this program uh, available to you at no charge. This is like, uh, you know, it's uh, someone else providing it, like Bernie over here. Bernie taking other people's money and giving it away. Apparently it's not as, as a, I don't know, attractive to the average Democrat as it once appeared to be. Now that they've got Biden, last night, I got to read this. I, I, I couldn't find the audio. I don't want to, uh, when I when I parse through this stuff, you know, I watched some of this stuff live. I heard this in real time, live. I heard Biden up there making these, these promises. Um, but he actually, let me read this. This is uh, at Fox Business. We'll invest billions of dollars to find, and I promise you, Biden says, I promise you, Find cures uh, for cancer, Alzheimer's, and diabetes. And diabetes. I, You know, I, I thought, and I told my wife last night, I think they should wheel a whiteboard out there, and they just take suggestions from the audience. What other things would you like to see this campaign cure? You know, I can almost see the question now like an episode of The Office. Why don't you guys list out your medical ailments, and we'll write those up here on the board. Just as Dwight wanted to make sure that in the office that your medical condition was covered by their health plan, Biden wants to make sure it falls somewhere on his continuum, his um, you know his 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 list of things he's going to cure. This guy's amazing, truly amazing. You know, Bernie was amazing in his own way. Bernie can make everything free. Biden can cure you name it. You name a disease, Biden will take it. Poof, we'll just take care of it and cure it. Diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's, you name it. Biden will, will take care of it. It's like almost you almost think it's day one. What are we going to do? Cure cancer. Day two, what are we going to do? Cure diabetes. We got day one, day two, day three taken care of with cancer, Alzheimer's, and diabetes. What's day four? Audience, what's your input? Tuberculosis, check. We'll take care of that. I can almost see Biden uh, mentioning things like polio only to have someone tell him hey we've already got that we got that taken care of anyway this is the kind of nonsense we're gonna have to be subjected to no matter who the nominee is no matter who the nominee is in 2020 but i want to compare and contrast as i told you before the break i would i want to compare and contrast this between 2016 and and today i want to look back at this because we're in much of the same position we were in 2016. But in 2016, you may not you may have forgotten this, you may not you may just have to well, be reminded or you may not have known this. Based upon pledged delegates in 2016, Hillary Clinton was still short of the delegates she needed to win the nomination. Let me say that again. Based purely upon pledged delegates in 2016, Hillary Clinton did not have the 2,382 delegates she needed to win. She was relying upon the superdelegates. 
The superdelegates, by the way, she won a total of 602 of the superdelegates. Biden, excuse me, uh, Bernie, Bernie ran or won only 47. So in pledged delegates, so pledged delegates are all that's being awarded right now in this primary process, and they still can't count those. But pledged delegates to date, or I should say back in 2016 at the end of that process, Hillary had 2,205. Bernie had 1,846. So he was within 350 pledged delegates. Now, she was still the leader, but she did not have – she did not have enough delegates without the superdelegates. Now, in 2016, the superdelegates could actually vote on the first ballot. And so this moment, this tense moment where both candidates would have been on the floor of the convention and someone would have had to uh, acknowledge or stated – Neither candidate meets our criteria to be president. That did not happen. That did not happen in 2016 because the rules were different. The superdelegates, the superdelegates were, um, well, they were there to prevent the party from doing something that the party didn't want them to do. This is, I guess, in in the minds of the left, what democracy looks like. So 602 people said we're going to vote for Hillary Clinton's superdelegates that got her over and beyond the number necessary. Um, it should be pointed out that if 602 people had voted for Bernie of the superdelegates in 2016, he would have been the nominee. So this is why this is why Bernie Sanders folks, supporters, will say that they believe that Bernie had the nomination stolen in 2016. Now, someone will come out and say, well, technically, Bernie didn't have enough superdelegates either, so it wasn't as though he qualified for the nomination and then someone took it away from him. Ironically, these are the same folks who will also tell you that Trump stole the election from Hillary, wanting you to believe that somehow um, either he took uh, electors, electoral votes from her that were awarded to her, which didn't happen. They want you to believe that Russia interfered with the election and screwed up the results, actually changing vote numbers from Hillary to Trump. That didn't happen either. They want you to believe in some mythical fairy tale like the Loch Ness Monster or some such thing. But this is why, folks, the Bernie Sanders camp is already mad at the Democrat Party because the superdelegates – it's as simple as this. The superdelegates represent – the establishment in the Democrat Party. They voted for Hillary 602 to 47. 602 to 47. So, I mean, that's over 90%. Now, Bernie would have had, a, had to get the vast majority of those superdelegates to win the nomination in 16, but in the minds of the Bernie Sanders voters, the only thing that kept Bernie from the nomination was the decisions of those super. Superdelegates, which is technically right. That is what determined the nominee in 2016. And so they're already fired up about this. Now they see their guy was in the lead. Now they see the party colluding against him. Now they think, here we go again. We have a 
situation that looks very similar to what we had in 2016, except for this time around, superdelegates, unpledged delegates, do not get to vote until after that first that first vote comes up on the floor of the Democrat National Convention in, in July in Madison, Wisconsin. And so when they cast that bout, there's going to be this moment of tension. They avoided the tension last time because superdelegates could announce who their candidate was really at any time during the nomination process. That's not the case this time. These folks cannot – I guess they I guess they can announce their support, but they, their vote couldn't have been – it's irrelevant and to, because of this, this process. Now, will they start doing that? Possibly. Naming their preferred choice, which of course we all know is Biden. So now we know it's Biden. Anyway, this this has got the Bernie Sanders camp. They're already upset at the Democrat Party, which in defense of the Democrat Party, Bernie's not even a Democrat, except for when it's time to run for president of the United States. So you can you can see the perspective of both sides. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, both sides needs the other. The establishment needs the Bernie bros. The establishment needs the radical left, the base, if you will, to support the candidate no matter who it is in 2020. And if the Bernie Sanders crowd is focused on utopia and all these grandiose promises from the ever-growing, uh, more capable government – as this is how, of course, liberals describe it as well. I mean, Biden's up there promising to cure cancer, Alzheimer's, diabetes. Take your pick. You can email. You can probably email him. Dear Joe, I would like this ailment to be cured as well. At this point, why discriminate, Joe? Why discriminate against any other illness, disease, and ailment? We need to see them all on the list, watching you cure these things with the snap of a finger or whatever it is, some speech, suddenly people are cured of these things. Silly, silly talk. But that's why there's this angst and animosity and tension between the radical left and the base, the establishment, because it goes back to, to 2016. And now the Bernie Sanders crowd sees the coalescing, the organization, the collusion, if you will, the collusion by the party leaders to prevent a Bernie Sanders nomination yet again. And that's what this is about. This was more about stopping Bernie than it was about promoting Biden. They knew they wanted someone besides Bernie. They just couldn't figure out who it was going to be because it's been such a messy primary, 31 days of a party in crisis, and I've got to take a break. Lots more to say about Super Tuesday. When we get back, you're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Number 31, Democrat Party in crisis, moving towards the what appears to be inevitable um, brokered convention in Milwaukee. Biden's out there promising to cure cancer. I mean, you name it. Biden can fix it. Bernie's out there promising to pay for anything. You name it. Bernie will give it to you. He'll take someone else's money. 
And problem solved, right? We got Bloomberg in the race. I saw this as well. Bloomberg um, didn't do very well yesterday. I mean, look, on the one hand, I heard him up there at his Super Tuesday pep rally or whatever you want to call these things. He's up there telling his followers that they were getting some delegates, which is how he says it. I find quite interesting. Delegates. Bloomberg's getting some of those. Um, It's remarkable, he said, that a a campaign that wasn't even in existence three months ago is now competing. Uh, Someone who had 1% in the polls now is getting delegates in the Democrat Party primary process. He did win the American Samoa. But again, look, here's the thing. And look, no disrespect to America Samoa. It's just the way the delegates are, are assigned. You could have been a third or fourth place finisher. Heck, maybe a fifth place finisher in some of these states and walk away with more delegates than you get than if you won all of them in the American Samoa. That is, um, that's just the reality of this. I mean, the California delegates, 415, I think there were, were there six for the American Samoa, I think is what it was. So they're, they're up there touting this stuff. Bloomberg's touting this as some great achievement. Guy spent half a billion dollars to win, who knows, 50? I don't even know what the totals are now. At best, a couple hundred delegates, if that's even possible at this point. So what's he going to do? What's he going to do? There might be some pressure on him now. Actually, I'm sure there's going to be pressure on him. There's already probably been pressure on him. Just the, the party bosses can't control him like they can the other folks because... Bloomberg doesn't need their money. Bloomberg uh, Bloomberg doesn't need their money whatsoever. And I saw a headline saying that Bloomberg's team is going to uh, kind of reassess. I think was the word they used, reassess um, their campaign today as the numbers still trickle in. Got to give the Democrats, uh, the party bosses, the radical left time to to add things up here, but as those continue to trickle in, um, Bloomberg's team is going to make a decision as to whether or not, well, who knows? They're going to reassess the situation. Maybe they'll maybe they'll drop out. Who knows? You know, you would think that on paper, someone like Elizabeth Warren should clearly drop out, but again, the party bosses, in my estimation, want her in. They're actually pulling... She's actually pulling votes away from Bernie. That that would be interesting. What if what if she drops out and Bloomberg doesn't? And it's Bernie, Biden, and Bloomberg, the killer bees up there. If you have these three candidates, Bloomberg inevitably taking votes away from from Biden, now no one taking votes away from Bernie. Does that change the equation? Man, if Elizabeth Warren drops out, the pressure that'll be placed upon Bloomberg to drop out will be will be immense more uh, more pressure than even he faced when he took on the soda companies in New York City to ban 24 ounce drinks as he did saving people from themselves although he forgot that people could get two 16 ounce drinks actually accumulating or um, I shouldn't say accumulate. Well, they accumulate more soda in two 16-ounce cups than they do in one 24-ounce cups, drinking more sugary soft drinks. 
So he might have been in unintentionally the unintended consequences there would have been possibly meant that people are drinking more soda. It's a way that government interference usually affects things. People find a way around it and there's always unintended consequences. But anyway, what happens today and the days, uh, the next couple of days, you know, we might see, we might see these folks reconsidering. I just, I don't know if you spend a half billion dollars or whatever Bloomberg spent, that's, that's a lot of money, no matter who you are. That's a lot of money, no matter who you are. This guy clearly thinks very highly of himself. In fact, I watched him the other night explain to a Fox News uh, at the town hall, explain to some guy who asked him, why do you get to have people protect you with guns, but you don't want me to be able to protect myself with a gun? And then Bloomberg explained why he was better, why, why he had the right to hire people, and this guy apparently didn't have the right to hire or to carry a gun himself. Bloomberg explained, I guess, while his, why his life was more important, the way I took it. But when you have that kind of mentality, um, that kind of view of how important you are to the rest of the world, I find it difficult to think he's ready just yet to drop out, but he might. He's also still a guy that's not an idiot. He's going to see that there is no path. He said it. He said that there's no path. But he also knows if he can get to the broker convention, and if Biden you know, tells a few more corn pop stories between here and there, maybe the winds will shift to Bloomberg anyway. Got to take a time out. When we get back, there's something else in the news I want to share with you. Some Democrats out there cheering for, um, well, making light of coronavirus. In fact, one person on the Denver City Council retweeting to the rest of the world what she would do should she contract coronavirus. Share with uh, share that with you after the break, but I've got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, where 98% of scientists have told us that listening can cause you to lean to the right. Remarkable, remarkable stuff here. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, if you, if you have any suggestions or requests for what you would like Joe Biden to cure, should he become president only if he becomes president? You could probably email his team. You could probably post it on his website, his Facebook page somewhere. Let them know what you would like to have added to your list of, um, you know, things that you'd like to see Biden cure, uh, cure or fix medically. Dr. Biden, I guess. If you'd like to add something to the list, just uh, just let him and his team know. They'll tell you where they can fit that in. Probably within the first couple of months of his presidency, I'm guessing, but depending on the sheer number of requests, um, it might be a little much even for a utopian uh, lover of government, promiser of, of all things, <laughs> of, of all things good. Um, it might take him a while even to get to that. Just crazy, crazy stuff. You talk about crazy stuff. How about this for crazy, crazy stuff? There's a I think she's a city council woman. I didn't look this up during the break because I was doing something else. But there's a city council woman in Denver, Colorado, and she actually retweeted something to the effect. Here it is. Fox 31, Denver. 
This is what it says. If I do get coronavirus, I'm attending every MAGA rally I can. Denver Councilwoman quotes solidarity to tweet. So someone tweets out this dumb, uh, dumb tweet. Stupid, stupid tweet. And the tweet says, basically, if if um, if I get coronavirus, it says this for Corona. Uh, for the record, if I do get the coronavirus, I'm attending every MAGA rally I can. And this councilwoman, uh, woman, Candy Debaca, CDE, capital B A C A, she retweets it with the word "yes" in front of it. That's yes with A's. Y-A-A-A-A, maybe only four A's, two exclamation points, three laughing, crying faces. Looks like the resistance hand raised in the air and the okay sign. So she's she's wanting, she's basically endorsing, I guess you could say, biological warfare here. This is just stupid stuff. But who who are the types of people who think like this? You know, when we, we talked last week or whenever it was about coronavirus, I think it was last Friday. And when we talked about people politicizing this, this is exactly what we're talking about. Someone's saying, if I get coronavirus, I'm attending every MAGA rally I can. Hopefully, I guess, I mean, what we're in, to interpret from this is hopefully killing as many Trump supporters as possible. Taking them all out because, again, whatever it takes to win elections, they're down with, I guess, even spreading coronavirus to Trump supporters. Nice bunch here. Nice bunch. Got to take a time out. You're listening to conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. tweets this kind of stuff who thinks that that's funny like you you can think that coronavirus is you know um well you can have your any opinion you want on it you can think it's hype and overblown you can think it's something that they are hyping but we should still be careful about some people might be fearful of it whatever but to to say to say as a city a person that has a public office I don't care what your office is, councilwoman. It, it doesn't matter. To actually tweet out, to tweet out that, hey, if I get the coronavirus, I'm going to walk into a place that I find as many people who politically disagree with me as possible. Trump supporter, MAGA rally, I'm walking right in there, lock, stock, and barrel with the coronavirus, hoping to infect as many people as possible. Right, coughing and sneezing on them, shaking their hands after coughing and sneezing upon myself. That's how they act. I mean, it's it's just it's. It, why is that? That's not funny. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. What's funny is that these people want to be taken seriously. What's funny is next week, inevitably, Trump will tweet something, and she'll be she'll be totally. Offended by the tweet. Meanwhile, it's totally fine for her to say stuff like this. It's just silly, ridiculous stuff. Music telling me it's time to wrap up. Anyway, appreciate you listening. Enjoy your day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.